Welcome to I Made a Biology Podcast to Help Me Study, and today I'm covering topic 4.3, carbon cycling. So the carbon cycle is a cycle whereby carbon is exchanged between the different spheres of the Earth. And these spheres are the atmosphere, the lithosphere, the hydrosphere, and the biosphere. The atmosphere refers to air, the lithosphere refers to the ground, hydrosphere refers to the water, and biosphere refers to all living things. Important to know about this cycle is that it is not a structured sequence of this leads to this and this leads to this and so on and so on in one circular motion because there are a lot of things that are happening simultaneously. So that's why it's easier to understand the carbon cycle in terms of carbon sinks or stores, carbon sources, and carbon fluxes. So carbon sinks or stores refer to a natural environment that is able to absorb carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Examples of carbon sinks or stores are especially the ocean, uh, forests, but also all plants because they undergo photosynthesis and absorb CO2. Soils also contain a lot of CO2 as well as fossil fuels and the atmosphere. Now the carbon sources are any natural environment that releases carbon dioxide and you can be a carbon sink and a carbon store. So for example plants Although they undergo photosynthesis and absorb CO2, making them a carbon sink, they are also a carbon source because they release CO2 through respiration. And this also applies to animals because of animals respiration and soil respiration. The ocean will also release CO2 as there are organisms inside the ocean that will also undergo chemical processes which have CO2 as a byproduct. Now, the most harmful sources of carbon dioxide are those influenced by man-made behaviors. So, for example, the burning of fossil fuels released either from factories or from transport engines or other things of this sort also release a lot of CO2 into the atmosphere, which is different from the natural processes because they're not absorbing it as well. Deforestation and land use is also an important carbon source. Deforestation caused by fires is especially going to release a lot of carbon dioxide, but any destruction of trees will release carbon because they are carbon sinks and they store so much carbon that when they are destroyed, they will lose this purpose. Land use, especially when we talk about grazing of cattle and the release of methane of cattle, the rice paddies that grow in anaerobic conditions will also contribute to the release of methane. So the presence of any methanogens, which are archaean microorganisms that produce methane as a metabolic byproduct in these anaerobic conditions, they will all contribute to the release of methane into the atmosphere and therefore a release of carbon. So they will all act as carbon sources. Moving on to carbon fluxes, these describe the rate of exchange between carbon sinks. So this is what I touched on earlier, that a natural process is going to release carbon but also absorb it, and that's going to create a carbon flux. So for example, plants absorb CO2 through photosynthesis, but then they will release CO2 in the form of respiration. Same with the ocean. The ocean will absorb a lot of CO2, but it will also release a lot of CO2, and that also creates a carbon flux. So it's the movement of absorption and release that will create a carbon flux, which in a natural carbon cycle process is completely normal, but because of the excess carbon sources created by man-made behavior, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere is far too high. So, summary of the carbon cycle. Carbon dioxide is absorbed by plants in the form of photosynthesis. Animals will feed on these plants. 
both animals and plants will respire and release CO2. Both animals and plants will also decompose with the help of microorganisms leading to fossilization. Fossils will act as a carbon sink until they are burned and they are used for fuel such as oil, coal and gas. Then they will be carbon sources and combustion in the form of transport engines or in factories or for other purposes which will lead to pollution which will also release CO2 into the atmosphere. Then the CO2 absorbed by the ocean will lead to sedimentation and other ocean processes which I will touch on later on. And the chemical processes of the organisms inside the ocean will also release CO2 as a result. Looking at the partial decomposition in more detail, in many soils, sapotrophic bacteria and fungi will decompose dead organisms and then return nutrients to the soil for cycling. But this decomposition requires oxygen. Waterlogged soils often lack oxygen, and that's why anaerobic conditions will arise. Since organic matter is not fully decomposed in these waterlogged soils, the carbon-rich molecules will remain in the soil, and instead they will form something called peat. So peat is the accumulation of partially decomposed organic matter under anaerobic and acidic conditions. And the reason that they are acidic is because the bacteria and fungi cannot function effectively in anaerobic or acidic conditions, and that will prevent decomposition. In oceans, oil and natural gas can also form. This is because they form as a result of the decay of marine organisms on the ocean floor. Sediments such as clay and mud will be deposited on top of the organic matter, such as a decaying organism, and they will create anoxic conditions that prevent the decomposition. So instead of the organism decomposing, hydrocarbons will form and these will become oil and gas, which then can be sourced out of the rock and accumulate in porous rocks such as sandstones. So this is why they are sourced with drilling into the ground. Moving on to the aquatic conversions. So this is about how carbon dioxide dissolves in the water and what happens to it as a result. So carbon dioxide will dissolve in the water and some of it will remain a dissolved gas. However, some of it will also combine with water to form carbonic acid. Carbonic acid releases hydrogen ions which combine with the seawater to form bicarbonate. The bicarbonate will then combine with calcium and form calcium carbonate. And calcium carbonate is used to create shells through calcification. And these shells will sedimentate into the ground to form limestone, which becomes a long-term carbon storage. These shells are also necessary for corals and mollusks to build their exoskeleton. So when these organisms die and settle to the seafloor, their hard components, made from the calcification process, will also become fossilized into that limestone. One last note in this topic is about methane. So methane is released into the atmosphere as a result of the anaerobic conditions, but it only persists there for around a decade. And methane will be naturally oxidized to form carbon dioxide in water after a certain amount of time of being released. So this is why the methane levels in the atmosphere aren't very large, although there is a lot of methane that is released into the atmosphere. It's also important to remember how much uh, more effective methane is as a greenhouse gas in the atmosphere than carbon dioxide. So that wraps up the understandings of topic 4.3, and I will see you in the next topic.